0: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at tiaa.org/promises pay off. LinkedIn News. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn Senior News Editor for Job Searches and Careers. Each week on Get Hired, we talk about leveling up. Sometimes we talk about finding work. Other times we talk about excelling where you are right now. And through it all, we focus on how to stay true to yourself in the process. Okay, I'll say it. Looking for a job can be the absolute worst. That's one of the reasons I do what I do at LinkedIn, specifically giving you the information and connections you need to push through and get a win. But short-term advice can only help so much. It's the long-term habits that you can start building now, even if you're happy where you are, that will set you up for success later on. My guest today, Mark Champagne, is all about habit building. He's an author, host of the Behind the Human podcast, and a mental fitness strategist. His book, Personal Socrates, is all about the powerful questions we can use to get our brains in fighting shape to tackle any obstacle we come across. So, what exactly is a mental fitness strategist?
1: Here's Mark. All that means is I'm doing everything possible. To work with teams or individuals to help them slow down and ask better questions and in order to ask better questions whether personally or professionally it helps to just blow out some of the mental pollution that's circulating there which we all have i mean especially now right there's so much going on but it's just like exercise if you don't like to run that doesn't rule out exercise so it's the same thing with journaling right Figure out what you can do in the morning or in the moment when there's high-stress situations or at the end of the day. That just gives your mind a little bit of a break, almost like a massage for your mind. A large part of Mark's work on mental fitness is all
0: about making sure you're asking yourself the right questions so that you can thrive in your work and in your personal life. So I wanted to know, how did he become captivated
1: by the idea of asking good questions? For whatever reason, Andrew, I don't know what sparked this in my childhood, but I just, there was something intuitively said, well, just get up a little bit earlier and read. Like, just consume what I call now positive mental nutrition to start the day. In those days, I was, you know, reading blogs and whatnot and and actual physical magazines and and all, but all profiles on success cases, right? Or, Or people that have done really interesting things and quickly started to realize that, all of these people were asking really interesting questions so then I started to take those questions I would write them down then I would journal on them the next morning in relation to where I was at personally and professionally and just did that for about a decade and it was so powerful and it's kind of it wasn't really talking to people about doing this practice because it wasn't you know something that that others were, were bringing up naturally. even meditation at that time wasn't as mainstream as it is now but it was just fascinating because, it, it, at least for me, it just gave those micro pauses throughout the day.
0: I think that's so smart because if I'm not reading, I feel like my brain is sort of not atrophying, but there's something going yeah. on where it's like not working to its potential. You know, how did you get to the point where you're like, hey, listen, I, I have all these people that I've read about that are asking really interesting questions. And how did you make the leap between, hey, I'm in sales right now. But I think there's something here. What was that moment for you that you're like, I'm going to go and, and actually make this my thing? Yeah,
1: yeah. There was about a decade there of, of going through. So I did sales, then analytics and market research, and then ended up at the very end in the role that I was actually striving to get to, and that was product management. And I was super happy with with that position. The team was awesome. I just changed companies, and it just it felt really good. But there was always this underlying frustration of I was practicing reflection, which is what, what the practice is of journaling. And in my case, the medium was was digital, just because I was traveling a lot. I didn't want to carry around a ton of notebooks. And there was just nothing at that time that existed that would help people guide them into the practice and specifically guide them in using really good questions and content, just like Calm and Headspace and the million other apps that are out there for meditation do really well, right? And I'll never forget, because I, I flipped my brother-in-law an email at that time. I said, here's the frustration. I've been doing this for a decade. This stuff works. Here's all the literature. I mean, this. it's not like I'm inventing the practice. It's literally been around since the beginning of time. I remember I, I went to this this conference in Montreal on creativity called C2. And I was there for, for my day job, essentially. But I was also booking some meetings while I was there to just pitch the app idea and see, just get, you know, for the first time to see outside of my circle, if anyone even resonated with this concept, we had enough validation that I'm like, oh, there's something here. So yeah, that's how it all came to be. One thing I'm always curious about when it comes to
0: things like mindfulness is the time investment. It can feel daunting to even put aside those 10 minutes Mark's been talking about. So what's his sales pitch to the cynics out there to say, hey, this is a worthwhile investment?
1: Yeah, that's the reality, right? I would say that that would be the norm. It's, it's not like we all have this abundance of time that we're just trying to figure out, OK, we're going to allocate an hour here. So my narrative behind this is always something around these lines. And it's that start small and start by evaluating your current rituals and your current routine. So, for example, if you're a coffee person or tea person, one of the first things that you do in the morning, if you're you're consuming one of those beverages while that coffee's brewing, you can set a one-word intention for the day. Today, I want to show up motivated, for example. Or just a quick check-in question like, how do I feel today? Because here's the thing, I mean, if you identify that you feel stressed or overwhelmed, and that's showing up in your chest through through some sort of anxiety. Then, usually, just by stopping and acknowledging that it's there, often releases that emotion. But the thing that will happen, even if we don't do that, is that we're bringing that emotion into the day, whether we like it or not, right? So, and then that affects our entire day. So, what I would say is that you know, start with ten minutes because those ten minutes can literally dictate the next you know, 23 hours of your day, including how well or how poor your sleep is, for example. You can start by personalizing a practice by answering just this question. It's just what are the practices or activities or things that I can do that I know put a smile on my face immediately and start there. You know, maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's just taking a 10-minute walk in silence and seeing what comes up, right? It's Just small. And then over time, usually what happens is people just extend that period because they start seeing and they feel the benefits that, wow, I mean, it's endless.
0: Obviously, you know, we are on a podcast called Get Hired, and you're going to have people who are job seeking or maybe they're sick of their job and they say, hey, I want to look at what else is out there. And they usually come to these practices when they need it most, when it feels like they're drowning. How do you start clawing
1: out of that feeling it's really hard to get to those answers if your mind is clogged right so you know you've got to jump into some sort of practice to relieve some of that stress and the easiest and the quickest way to do that take a pause taking a deep breath and everyone listening can do this right now just think of someone that you would love to give credit or thanks to that you haven't given credit or thanks to in a long time and just send them a message Send them a quick text. Hey, I was just thinking about you. I hope you have a great day. I mean, you made their day. They then send you a message, make your day. And what's happening in the background, you're not thinking about those looping thoughts, right? Or just take a quick minute and look out the window. There's so much out there that you can be grateful for. The fact that we're here, we're breathing, we're alive, we're, you and I are communicating, right? So when I hear people say things like, there's, just, there's too much going on and there's nothing I can appreciate— that's not true, necessarily. I, when you come back to, to figuring out your 10 minutes, that's the preventative mental fitness that, day by day, all of a sudden gives you those pauses that when something does come up, it doesn't irritate you, it doesn't trigger you as highly or as, as much as it would have in the past. But you have to understand, you have to have the clarity to get to that end goal first, right?
0: We're going to take a short break. When we get back, Mark takes us through how to make these practices stick. We're back with Mark Champagne, mental fitness strategist and the author of Personal Socrates. Since we've been talking about questions, I wanted to know what kinds of questions people in the midst of a job search can ask themselves to help focus their efforts. Here's
1: Mark. James Clear says this. He's one of the profiles in the book. It's such a powerful question. Am I climbing the right mountain? Right? And many of us just don't stop to ask that question because it feels like work. And it no doubt is, you know, there's a lot going on. But then we get to the top and realize, oh, maybe that wasn't the right mountain. When (laughs) when this is where I say 10 minutes in the morning, all of a sudden save five years of of effort, right?
0: Yeah, and obviously there's the fear that if you do ask that question, you're halfway up the mountain and you go, oh, no.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but Andrew, here's the thing. You don't have to fall all the way down to the bottom of the mountain. You can cast a rope to the next mountain, swing over, right? None of that stuff is ever wasted because we're always learning. We're always progressing and growing. It's just, I would rather at any point on the journey, just figure out, you know what? Something feels off, right? And a question to help with that is, what am I pretending not to know? Yeah. Right. And again, these are some of the questions that if you're asking these in the morning, stuff will start to come up. Listening to
0: you and also sort of knowing what I know about how you work, it seems like you're agnostic toward the approach of, like, what is that thing you're going to do for 10 minutes? Because, you know, for me, 10 minutes in the morning, I would love to be a journaler, but – time and time again, and I have the unused journals on my desk to prove this is the case, that I cannot journal. So for me, a lot of times it's sort of sitting off by myself, just in quiet for a little bit in the morning, things like that. And maybe it's something that you don't consciously enjoy, but you're doing it anyway. Um, Am I right on that, that you don't have to necessarily say it has to be meditation? It doesn't
1: have to be journaling. It doesn't have to be going for a walk. No, because, I mean, you nailed it. Like, I I could prescribe my ritual in the morning, but that works for me. And even on my side, I just dedicate the time. What happens within, for me, it's an hour. What happens within that hour always changes based on what's going on. But I just, I know that that time is there. And I also have a list of those things that I know will get me there. If I need a boost in motivation, you have to find what works and what lights you up. But what happens is when life starts to get stressful, usually that's the first thing that goes, right? And you say, I don't have time for those 10 minutes in silence, but that's actually when you need it most.
0: Yeah, I notice a difference in myself if I read, if I don't read. And a lot of times if I wake up in the morning and I read something for enjoyment, recently gravitating toward biographies, and I notice almost immediately the benefits. So I think it's like if you do find that thing that you like, it can actually sort of do a turnaround quite quickly, and also you feel more accomplished too because you're like, "Oh, I, I did some reading this morning," and um, you sort of carry on with your day, going like,
1: "I already did something," uh, totally. so you started the day on your own terms, right? Like it, mm-hmm. in a way, you've you you've already owned the day, and and again, the more you're doing this, you start to know, "Oh, I have the tools to handle whatever's going to come at me," right? In the yeah. in the day. If we don't fill our mind with that kind of, of content and then take it this next step, which is take the knowledge and the content and flip it into uh, something that's relatable to our lives. That's where the reflection piece comes in. And then usually that's where the questions come in.
0: I think the next step would be for people to say, okay, I do this 10 minutes in the morning and I kind of do feel better. I I feel more clarity throughout the day. I feel maybe a little bit more ready to take on whatever's coming for me. And you mentioned sort of you do an hour in the morning. So you could always increase that time. But what is really the next step beyond taking those 10, 15, maybe half hour in the morning? What would you suggest for people who say, like, okay, I've done that? I'm feeling the benefits. What's
1: next? The next big thing and the thing that I found the biggest gift to any of these practices is to tap into them in the moment when I need them most. So not to be so rigid that, oh, I'm doing this 10 minutes in the morning, but at 2 p.m. something comes up that, and it doesn't always have to be a negative thing. You know, maybe I'm trying to mind map a new offering or I'm trying to outline a chapter in the book or something like that. I'm going to tap into probably like an imagine if You know, question, and just put my mind into the state of creativity and imagination. Where there's, I'm not thinking from a perspective of, well, I can't do this, or I'm not going to have enough time to write like this if if this is how it's set up, right? And that that's been the the biggest gift because now in the moment, I'm able to leverage those practices. For me, I'd love for people to feel energized, empowered, and just. Like, I can do, like, I can find the practices that work for me. Like, that's the intention I'm trying to give off. Yeah, totally. And I think
0: that resonates with me because I, I know a few people within LinkedIn who, when I have meetings with them, they actually build in a five-minute buffer. Yeah. And I actually really do enjoy that because it gives you that five minutes just to sort of, like close off after you have yeah. had this conversation. And I actually do better work. I'm better in meetings when I have those five minutes to sort of just shut out the world.
1: Well, and it's it. you're basically answering the question of what am I pretending not to know, right? Like, you know that those are the things that work for you, but you're human like the rest of us. And life happens, work happens. Like, let's just be kind to ourselves. And And say, you know what, maybe on Wednesdays I'm going to start there. I'm going to book in some buffers into those meetings and see how that feels. And then, you know, the next week comes around, you might do a little bit more of that. And not every day is going to be perfect. But if we can get to that point of more days than not, then all of a sudden we really start to feel it, right? We feel happier. We feel like we're doing the, you know, we're flowing in life. And it just makes for a much more pleasurable experience. Yeah. And you mentioned this
0: before where... You know, people who are busy or they're stressed, those 10 minutes in the morning and those practices are usually the first thing to go. For job seekers out there and people who are maybe struggling a bit with their current job, you know, what is your reminder to them to keep going and to say, hey, you know, stick this out, keep it in there?
1: It's like a rinse and repeat situation. We're either in two states of mind, right? We're either in a in a thriving creation state of mind or we're in a fear state, survival state. And when we're in that survival state, not to say that we don't make good decisions, but it's hard to make great decisions in that state of mind. So for me, the gym, the walks, those were the little micro moments to pop me in back into a clear thinking state of mind to then get to questions like, well, what do I want for my life? Well, if that's the case, then, you know, who do I need to speak with? What's the plan? Like, what does one step forward look like? Whereas those questions would have been blocked. If I was stewing with, well, how am I going to afford rent? We have a two-year-old right now, and I don't have a job, and I don't have any prospects. Like, that's just terrifying. But you can stop that, or at least pause it and rechannel that fear into your plan. Yeah, and I think you've
0: touched on something else that's really important for job seekers and people who are in a precarious place in their career, which is, like you said, operating from fear or operating in a state of possibilities. And I think if you are in a job search or you're in a difficult spot in your career, you're probably in that fear mode. And it closes off a lot of opportunities for you because it's natural and evolutionary where you're saying, okay, I I basically need to fight or flight and your options become limited. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it really sounds like, you know, those 10 minutes, that hour, that half hour, whatever it is that you decide to take, it's a license to sort of open your mind and say, okay, despite whatever's going on, here are more options for you to consider. And that could be, you know, job searching, whether it's maybe you're going to start a side hustle with your career. Maybe you could talk to a manager or something like that. That is really one of the take-home benefits for people in those positions, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it first starts with, with again, getting clear on where you want to be going, right? And and almost shifting, because I've been there. I know how stressful it feels when, when you don't have a job or you're trying to shift your career. Um But if you can take a few minutes to identify, well, what what is my ideal day? Like, what does that look like? Not to say that everything's just going to come to fruition like that, but at least understanding what the vision is. And then where the practices help is that, because this is going to happen, because we're humans, we're going to get back into, well, I have nothing. Like, I applied to 50 jobs, I didn't get one response back, and that doesn't feel good. I get that, right? But this is where we can go back to any of those practices, gratitude, some silence, some journaling, some reading. That brings us back to that original vision that we mapped out. And it's just a constant cycle back and forth until eventually it starts shifting a little bit more to waking up more happy than not.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Mark, um, I started this interview by talking about how you are are sort of the man with the best questions, but you also have great answers. So I really appreciate our time. Thank you.
1: Thank you. This is a pleasure.
0: That was Mark Champagne, podcaster, mental fitness strategist and the author of the book Personal Socrates. We're still looking for more job search wins from the Get Hired community. So if you had a job search or career win, big or small, send us an email or a voice memo to gethired at linkedin.com. We'd love to celebrate you on the show. Heck, we'd love to just hear you say hi. Just send us a voice memo, gethired at linkedin.com. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. You can also join my weekly Get Hired live show every Friday at noon Eastern time on the LinkedIn news page. And if you like this episode, leave us a rating on Apple Podcast. It helps people like you find the show. And of course, we'll continue this conversation next week, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. The show is produced by Michelle O'Brien. Joe DiGiorgi mixed our show. Florencia Iriando is head of original audio and video. Dave Pond is head of news production. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck.